This recording is an offering of Networks for Training and Development's online university. So welcome everyone to Getting to Know Networks, the next installation of Deciding How to Connect. Without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Rosa. Thanks, Jess. And good morning, good afternoon, everyone. This is Rosa McAllister from Networks for Training and Development. And this is our second in this particular series. We've actually done a couple of others in our Getting to Know Networks. But this is our second in our pop-up, as we're calling it. A pop-up is just a quick announcement, uh, kind of, hey, what you doing? Come join us kind of um, session. And we decided to pull together on a couple of consecutive Mondays, I believe five in particular, consecutive Mondays, some information, some tips, some ideas, and some thoughts from your virtual friends here at Networks for Training and Development um, about how to get a little bit more used to this new online world that many of us are, have suddenly jumped into. So I, today's session is, is called Deciding How to Connect, Conference Call versus Online Meeting. But we're gonna go much more than just conference call and online meeting. Because as we started talking about this idea of how do we connect these days or what are the best ways to connect? When do we do this versus when do we do that? Should we throw out all the bells and whistles and be tech queens and kings? Or should we just keep it simple? We decided to start looking at in-house some of these questions ourselves. And sometimes we just get a little carried away. We can be a little techie ourselves. So we thought that we would just offer this to you today, this session again on deciding how best to connect. And what I did in preparation for this session that I'm kind of taking the lead, what I did is I tapped into some of the best experts that I know. And those experts are my teammates here at Networks. Because as I mentioned already, um, and we'll probably say a few times, we've been working kind of virtually, pretty much virtually for a long time. In particular, I've been working virtually for about the last 15 years. I taught online for Arcadia University, but also for networks. And most of us aren't even near one another anymore. So I'm coming live to you from Maui, Hawaii, where it's eight o'clock in the morning. 2 p.m. on the East Coast, where my cohorts and comrades are located from net networks, but they're spread out around Pennsylvania. So we are quite the virtual team, and with the latest situation, we've realized that we're kind of ahead of the curve in a lot of ways with people. Many of you are really just kind of switching onto new ideas and new ways. Back in the old days, for example, just a month or so ago, it was not, regardless of industry, regardless of the field or line of work, most of you probably work-wise had a lot of meetings, is my guess. In fact, for many of us, it's meetings, 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 and more meetings. And sometimes they'd go on ad nauseum forever and ever, almost always in person. More and more, I think these days, even a month ago or more, we were meeting virtually or in other ways. The other ways that we typically connected back in the old days before COVID-19 and before many of us were isolated or all of us were self-quarantining, were staying at home, 
Um, some of us actually in lockdown, mandated by our local governments. How we typically connected, if not in meetings, we'd kind of hang out where there would be impromptu gatherings and lots of conversations. And many of us worked by text, by emails, and by phone calls. They were our primary means of getting things done. Again, meetings, 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 hanging out, impromptu gatherings, and just conversations. And then if not that, using text, using email, and phone calls, sometimes as a last resort. And again, this changed depending upon where you worked and how you worked and who you worked with. And we all have different preferences around this. So now we're gonna move into, so what does the survey say? How are we connecting these days? Um, what we're seeing and hearing from lots of people, lots of friends and family and others, what we're reading online and in the newspapers, what we're hearing people say is people are now feeling in many ways that they have to jump into the new universe, jump into the new way of things now that we're all forced to work virtually, or many of us or most of us are forced to work virtually. So what are we doing now? For some people, we're freaking out. For some people, we're panicking. How do we do this? How do we stay connected? How do I do my job? And for many folks and many industries and many employers, it's like the fast track of trying to learn what to do and how to stay connected, how to manage virtual employees. So we're gonna be talking about now in the next several minutes about some of the pros and cons that we've found around different means of connecting. And what we're hearing are the number, the, in order, kind of the numbering ways that people are connecting these days um, that seems to be working. Text is still seems to be in many industries the number one way that we are connecting or that employees are connecting with one another, with colleagues, as well as with employers. FaceTime, Skype, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, and things of that nature seem to be the second way that people are connecting and staying connected for work these days and for fun and pleasure and family connections too. Because again, for many of us, we're blurring the lines of what is work time, what is home time, just as we've been doing within networks for many, many years. You know, go throw in a load of laundry between meetings and things like that. Number three, other online platforms such as Zoom, WebEx, Google, um, Duo, Google Hangouts, all kinds of different things like that are being used. And many people are feeling they have to jump into this these days. For example, every yoga teacher that I know now is, can no longer be teaching live yoga classes. Studios are closed, we can't be near people. And so it seems every yoga teacher I know is trying to move into Zoom and use Zoom. And for many of them, they have no idea what they're doing and no idea what's the best use of it. So again, that's why we're here today. Number four on the list is good old conference calling. It, it seems to be in the order of preference or what people are using these days. Below that is just regular good old phone calls. And last but not least is email, which was a little bit of a surprise for me. I thought people were still using email a lot and maybe in some industries they are and some um, workplaces. But it seems to me that in many of these industries and from the polls and what I've been asking in preparation for this, what I've been reading, sending messages out to many different friend, friends, frankly, oftentimes by text or FaceTime or things like that, asking them 
what are you using now and what do you think you should be using what's working best for you this is kind of the order that i'm finding text followed by facetime skype facebook messenger whatsapp things like that followed by online platforms such as zoom webex etc followed by conference call followed by phone and followed by email and so now we're going to take a look at each one of these groupings each of these one two three four five six groupings and i'm going to ask some of my um, network cohorts to help us out kind of talk through just briefly each one of these the pros and cons so first up we have jessica stover who's going to jump in and talk a little bit about text messaging okay hi everyone jessica stover here so full disclosure um i have three very large dogs and of course right <laughs> now they decided that they want to be chatty so you may or may not hear them in the background just want to put that mm -hmm. out there and that um, too so, is the joy of working from home. Absolutely. If it's not dogs, it's kids or the UPS delivery person or who knows what. Mm -hmm. Yep, <laughs> yep, absolutely. Their timing is fantastic. So with texting, text can be really helpful when you need a quick response for something or when you're sharing a photo, quick humor, or something uplifting. Um, it could be really good for a thread of conversation without having the delay of email, but also getting in touch during meetings, and we all do it, admit it. Younger folks seem to live by text for the most part, for sure. Additionally, you know, it can be problematic though. Sometimes texting is too quick and emotionless and there can be the delays in typing that can be disruptive for real conversations. And some people also view text messages as too impersonal. Absolutely. We've all heard those stories of breakups by text and things like that. Not cool. I recently heard one of somebody being demoted or laid off by text. No. Not cool. So with all of these, there's caveats, there's goods and there are bad things. And for many of us, I think we've used texting mostly for personal use. And now we're switching into also using it for professional use. And so we got to remember some things that worked personally or maybe didn't, but we didn't know and we did it anyway. Now we need to be extra careful when we're using it professionally. So next, talking about FaceTime, Skype, Facebook Messenger, Google Duo, which I didn't know about, that's a new one for me, WhatsApp and et cetera. We're gonna have Doris Kalina join us from our networks team. When this mm. is someone's preference and perhaps not comfortable, trying something different or seen as more techy. Some of us are not tech whizzes. For socializing with others, it can be great for chatting with friends and family that live far away. It's a good tool for first timers since it's readily available and it is easy to use. And it's a great backup for when other mediums fail, but it can be a bit glitchy and cumbersome with more than two people. Absolutely, thanks Doris. So yeah, for many of us, again, we've used FaceTime with friends and family for a long time. And for many of us, use that again with people far away or in different locations. I know I used to use Skype oftentimes with, uh, when I taught online and I'd have group meetings with students by Skype. Skype is still around and they're trying to up their game to try to keep in the competitive market with many others. But again, they, all of these can be a little bit glitchy 
I've used WhatsApp mostly when I travel to foreign countries or when I'm trying to keep in touch with friends who live in other countries. It seems, that, at least in my experience, that WhatsApp is much more frequently used internationally and in other countries than it's used here in the United States. But I bet you that's changing now too, just like all of these. Facebook Messenger, for those of us that are on Facebook and use Facebook regularly, I've seen personally an increase in my Messenger messages. And you can make calls from that and you can do other things as well. And I understand that Facebook is also looking at upping their game to be more competitive. As I mentioned, first off, Google Duo is a new one for me. One of our network's team members introduced me to that as I was polling folks for this session. And she said that she's finding that a lot of younger parents, younger folks, she works with young children and families a lot. And she's finding that some of the younger families that have Android phones are using Google Duo because FaceTime is more for, it's actually for those who have Apple products. So Google Duo apparently is stepping up their game and coming in and being used more frequently. So next we're gonna take a look at other online platforms such as Zoom, WebEx, Google Hangout, and things like this. And of course, we're calling in our favorite techie goddess, Diane Kehoe, to help us out. Folks. Uh, online platforms, Zoom, WebEx, Google Hangout, and any number of others. When you need to be viewing something with someone else and talking it through at the same time, or you have to collaborate over something, definitely that's the way to go. It works whether it's just two people, small groups, or even very large groups. Some of these platforms can host up to a thousand. People can join using any internet connected device or can call in by phone without installing anything. Generally pretty simple to use, but it also appears sophisticated. Many of these tools have various tools to engage participants and control the crowd. Chatting, raising hands, screen sharing, polling, breakout rooms, whiteboards, recording. However, etiquette is key as just, just apologize for her puppies. If all <laughs> cameras are expected to be on, people should be informed well in advance because backgrounds and appearance, etc., they may not be prepared for. Also, some less techie people are intimidated by web conferencing and may hesitate to use these. Absolutely. Thanks, Diane. And Diane, I'm just going to add lib here just a couple of minutes. So of these various ones, I know one of our team members, Michael, um, mentioned that he's been trying WebEx a lot. He is a teacher here in Hawaii, another job that he has, <laughs> mm -hmm. as well as our webmaster. And he said he's been experiencing a lot of problems with WebEx. I know I've had problems with Google Hangout. Zoom is my preference, and I know we use it a lot. What are your thoughts? Well, WebEx tends to be best if what you're doing is mostly text and not a lot of graphical stuff. It tends to come <clears throat> problems when you need to use more graphics. Google Hangout can be a little cumbersome for some people to learn how to use. We use Zoom for a reason. It's the one platform that we haven't had problems with accessibility. So no matter what assistive technology someone is using, they can still be part of the conversation. And there are other tools that are accessible to different degrees. And we've just landed on Zoom as something that we prefer to use they also have a really cool free option for up to 40 minutes 
and it's not horribly expensive if you have to go up to business. Great, thanks. And I know from some friends who are now, as I mentioned, various friends, yoga instructors and others who are jumping over to the online virtual bandwagon, mm -hmm. um, many of them are jumping to Zoom because of the free option. And what I'm hearing from them is that even with the free one and the 40 minute limit, oftentimes you'll get a, you know, you can keep going, you get yeah. extended time frame with them. Zoom is really, I know many of the the online platforms, many of the cable companies are at this time, they, they know the need is growing out there. And so they're offering more and more free services. So I know Zoom, for example, and this is not a paid, this is not an advertisement for Zoom in any way, but I know that Zoom is offering for schools and for families with kids that are school age, they're offering free programs for them as well for use. Mm -hmm. So we're definitely seeing more and more of this. Thanks, Danny. Because of that, though, people aren't as afraid of Zoom. <clears throat> Whereas WebEx and all of them, they're not familiar with it. So when you ask them to join that, they're a little more afraid of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we should mention that we are hearing of Zoom bombing and other things and people yeah. crashing in. There are some recent situations that I've been in where really, I can't, we can't say this enough, you really need someone like Jess is doing a superb job here again. Thanks, Jess, um, for monitoring who's in here with us to make sure that if they have their webcam on, that it's okay. They're not showing something they shouldn't be showing, that their name or the information that is posted in their profile as to who they are is not something that's rude or lewd or what have you, or too personal. So there's, we're, we're all learning. We are all learning as we go. Thanks, Diane. So conference call, I'm going to take this one. So conference call, good old conference call is still good when you are hosting a meeting in an area where there's poor internet or it's involving people who don't have reliable internet or they're just not comfortable with some kind of web conferencing or something that they see more techie. It's good when you need to talk with a smaller group of people and we recommend like two to four people. When it gets above that, conference calling can be very, very difficult and very problematic. It's good for socializing or for discussing a project. I know in my family, we've used um, conference call on holidays and other times to bring in people, family members from different parts of the country, different parts of the world. And yet for a couple of family members who aren't as techy or don't feel as comfortable, it's easy. We just call them. All they have to do is answer the phone. Too quickly to touch base about something or to clarify something or something with a few people. So an example was just the other day, Tracy Laprezioso and Jessica Stover were talking about something. And then I got a text from, I think Jess or Tracy, do you have a minute? I'm talking to Tracy and we have a question. And I said, sure. And so they called me. And then as we started call, talking, we realized that we really needed Diane. And so I texted Diane, do you have a minute? And we called Diane in. And we were able through conference call to get to the meat of the subject and to work something out that otherwise we would have been back and forth and back and forth with text or something else. For conversations that are expected only under 20 minutes, conference calls can go on far too long. We all know that. And so this is our preferred method when it's something shorter. It can be successfully pulled off if people are disciplined enough to be focused. Like anything, there's caveats and there's some social things that we need to be aware of and conference calls can get out of hand and probably many of us have been on conference calls where they have gotten out of hand. 
So we need to practice good etiquette, like muting when you're not talking, because oftentimes there's background noise or there's feedback or other things going on. You need to be careful about taking turns because we don't have a visual cue with conference call. So you can't see that I'm trying to jump in or I'm raising my hand or something like that. And you really need to stay focused on the task at hand and not be multitasking. It sometimes becomes very, very obvious when some people are multitasking and you're trying to stay on the conference call and on topic. And what we found for conference calls in particular, but actually probably for many of these different mediums, it's really important to have a strong lead on the call to keep people engaged in order and on topic. So next we're gonna to go to good old phone and Joe Murphy is gonna help us talk about this. Yeah, so it's still a wonderful and easy way to connect with others and one that everyone knows how to do. It's a great way to connect with those of us that may be a little older or a little scared of technology as well. I know that's not there, but going back to the way it's easy to connect with others. Earlier this morning, I just need to talk to someone else besides my lovely new coworkers I have in my house, um, my wife and my <laughs> lovely, the one teenager son and 20-year-old daughter. I just need to talk to someone different. So I, call, I had to call Michelle and ask her instead of just texting and have a, hear a separate voice. Often this is the best as a first-time contact with someone one-to-one. There's not as much of a distraction for many uh, as, as it's just audio. And it can be multitasking, especially if you're using earphones, which plenty of us are doing nonstop. And sometimes <laughs> it's the easiest and fastest way to get straight, straight on something. And however, some people really dread phone calls. I hate mm. talking to new people, but I love talking to people I, I know of others as well. And of course, someone's gonna come down the, downstairs now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I'm gonna go mute again. If it's not the dogs, it's the housemates or whatever, or the technology sometimes. We're all dealing with this. Thanks, Joe. Can I add something? Please. One thing for phone calls, just to remember, if you're texting with someone and you're finding you're <laughs> constantly going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, flip it to a phone call because that constant typing, waiting, typing, waiting, uh, you know, if the call is that detailed, just switch the phone call and get it done. I can't agree more. I, I have, I, going back to the text part, I have to text for another job I have to do, keeping in touch with young kids a lot. So that's the only way I want to get a hold of them. But I can never take that social of how I get along with someone or, or be, if someone's being trying to be funny, I can't get that in a text. But on a phone call, it, it comes across so much easier. I totally agree. And I was going to bring it up. So thanks both of you for bringing that up, the importance of that. We just, it's amazing, you know, we, I think many of us have jumped to texting as an alternative way and the way to kind of keep in touch with folks, but it's quick, it's short, all of that stuff, and it's great, but yeah, there's no emotion, and I know, I confess, I have jumped to conclusions by something that somebody said just a couple of days ago. A friend was texting me something, and I right away came back with kind of a snarky, you know, and I don't think that's what it was intended at all, but that's how it came across to me, given the time and what was going on in my own head. So yeah, phone call. And at that point, we just picked up the phone. Thank you very much for doing that, by the way. And we got to talk it through much easier in the long run. But again, some people really dread phone calls. I have some friends that like, oh God, do we have to call? Please, let's not. Can't we just text? Last but not least, 
is email, which again, I was kind of surprised that in my kind of impromptu casual surveying of friends from various industries and things like that and some research that I was doing for this presentation, saw that email is really way down on the list these days, but it's still useful. And so this is when it seems to be that people are using it most these days. When an immediate response is not needed or desired, email might be your choice. When you wanna keep track of a thread of a conversation, email can definitely be the best. And I know I've used this sometimes just for that. When I'm having kind of a debate or people are expressing different opinions or we're kind of working our way through something, as well as when I really feel like, you know, something tells me I'm gonna want a record of this conversation, email is probably a good choice. Phone and other ways is not the best. When you want written backup or a record of something, some folks still prefer this, especially for work, because they say that they can get to it when they can. It's, it's not time sensitive sometimes. It's not like text, which is more immediate. Certainly phone call is. So this is used oftentimes, or many people are saying it's more useful when it's not time sensitive and folks particularly who are trying hard to turn off the phone and turn off the work world at certain times to take a break now that we're working from home, they say they prefer email for that. However, some feel that email is really old school and they never check it unless you send them a text to tell them that you sent an email, which I know of several people that operate in this way and have told me I never check email. So if you're gonna send me an email, Rosa, send me a text first or send me a text afterwards to let me know to go check my email. It's kind of funny. So we're seeing this kind of blur of the different lines and the different ways in which people are trying to stay connected and trying to work in this new world that we have in front of us. So yeah, this life, this work world, this situation that we're currently in, it's kind of a moving target for right now and it may be for a while. This new way of life and work and the blurs that happen between it. So use whatever you can to make it work for you. I would add to this, be mindful of the other partners that are you're trying to stay connected with and communicate with what's working for them and what's their preferences. Play, experiment, take a risk, and just keep it going. Don't isolate yourself, even though we're supposed to be isolated. We're all hearing for all of our emotional needs, for our work, for everything. We need to stay connected probably now more than ever. So use all of these tools and then some. So here's our next couple of Mondays. So next Monday is online and remote meeting etiquette and Jessica Stover is gonna be leading that discussion. That's on April 13th, the following Monday on April 20th, organizing your home office and Shauna Roman's gonna be leading that. And last but not least is on Monday, April 27th, technology to stay connected. And Diane Kehoe will be going into lots more depth, not just these types of things, but many more things. And so now just in the last minute or two, anybody if, and any questions, anything, anything from my cohorts that you would add in, anything that anybody would add in or any questions. I really like one of the last things you said there, Rosa. You, we have to keep in mind what other people, what their modality that they like to use. Because one person's cup of tea isn't, isn't the same. 
And just because I like to make phone calls or go on Zoom doesn't mean I like to text. I mean, I just said that a couple minutes ago, and I think we need to go back and forth from my best friend. All he's going to do is text me. I know that. But I hate texting. It drives me insane. <laughs> and I wanted to add something, too, related to email. Remember to keep it short and sweet if possible because we get so much email. And now we're getting more and more, and it's COVID-related, and a lot of it's some of the same insight over and over in the beginning of the email. And then maybe there's a couple of sentences that are important and it's just a lot to read. So I'm sure I'm not the only one who is seeing that they're spending more time going through email and you're worried you're gonna miss something because you need to look at everything and it's taking a lot longer. So if you can help your, your colleagues out by shortening your emails, and letting them know when an email is important, maybe even put important please read in the beginning and the header of it so that they realize, you know, or text them to say, hey, I just sent you this, this important email, just to remind people. Just be careful with the important please read because that can flag some email providers that it could be spam. Because mm. I'm sure we've all seen in our inboxes a lot more spam, a lot more yeah. junk email, and a lot of COVID related spam is out there. So we have to be right. very careful of that. Yeah. But come uh, up with a code then helps. for your organization, you know, whatever it is right. that you know that means it's important. It helps if you're very clear and concise in your subject line. Make sure you always have one and make sure you're very clear about what that email's about. That can help someone say, oh, I have to open that. Yeah, for, for me, this is for me, I don't make talking on the phone. Because sometimes people have a hard time understanding me, so I'd rather communicate through text. Mm -hmm. Got it. Any other questions or things anyone else would add in? Okay. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Keep texting, emailing, phone calling, Zooming, all that you're doing and more and stay in touch with us and join us again next Monday for our next session in this series. And I must say to look online and stay tuned. We are very, very busy here at Networks. Probably in some ways, I think many of us are feeling busier than ever. We are very blessed with the wonderful work that we have and the work that we do. And while we can't be meeting with you in person and have needed to postpone and even cancel some events and activities, we are going back through the archives of many webcasts and podcasts and webinars and all kinds of things that we've done over many, many years and are pulling them back out, dusting them off, adding in a little closed captioning, editing them a bit, adding in some intro and outro music and descriptions and all of that is going to be live if it's not already very, very soon. We have new podcast series and we're on many of your favorite podcast networks. So look us up, look for our information, stay tuned to social media with us. We send out regular newsletters of all that's happening and know that we're here for you. If there's anything we can do to help you, please let us know. Keep in touch. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Aloha. Thank you for listening. We hope the information provided was helpful. Don't forget to stop by our website and take advantage of all we have to offer. 
If you want to be kept informed of upcoming events, subscribe to our channel to be kept up to date on our future programs. Click on the link provided in the description if you wish to receive emails about our upcoming events and offerings.